Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, it's speaker, soldier, and entrepreneur, Andy Wines. Uh, Andy, I'm also going to add, you're also an author and podcaster. Your book is Words Effing Matter, and yes, it's the full F word. Uh, And then your podcast uh, is, let's see if I got that. Oh, where did I have it? I had it just over here. It was cool, and I don't have it. It's Trash Talk Business Podcast. Very, very cool. Oh, and also, Welcome Home, Transformation from Troops and Boots to Veterans in the Civilian World. Very, very cool. Andy, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Anytime I can have a fellow veteran business leader, uh, I'm always thrilled to do so. Um, I, I just kind of, in a very poor manner, uh, intro to you. <laughs> um, I'll let you do a better job in terms of like your impact today. Well, that's what, you know, speaker, soldier, entrepreneur, that's, that's the, the evolution of my life, right? We, we, I, I've been talking about this since the day I was born. I, 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 my mouth gets me into a lot of situations, good, bad, or indifferent. And so I've always been one that's been vocal. I really found my voice in the military community. And then eventually when I got back from my last deployment to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, I really leaned into what I was put on this earth to do, which would be an entrepreneur. I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. My grandfather's uh, owned a scrapyard. And our great grandfather owned a scrapyard. My grandfathers were a farmer and a dentist, respectfully. And my my dad's been a remodeler for thirty years. So being an entrepreneur was wow. in me. And I did all the things other than entrepreneurship. I worked for the big companies. I worked for small companies. I joined the military. I deployed. And finally, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I said, "What was I put on this earth to be?" And entrepreneurs, that's that's where I'm at, and that's where I really lean in. That's the the life I live and the life I love. You know, I think I, I don't know what the stats are for sure. I don't know if you've come across this, but the rates of uh, veterans that actually start a business, I believe that's a little bit higher than average. Um, you know, so I don't know if you know anything about that, but I want to, mainly what I want to ask you is you already have that entrepreneurial spirit. I had it when I was in the military. The military isn't necessarily designed to encourage uh, a, a bunch of entrepreneurs in its ranks, right? It's usually like, this is the mission. We're all going to work together and that sort of thing. How did you find your entrepreneurial energy and spirit uh, jive within that military culture? So so I'll answer the first question that wasn't asked. What is the number? Uh, veterans are almost twice as likely. The number is 1.9. They're National Institute of Health. So there's the first thing. Uh, one of the things I talk about in my book and in life, I never think, right? I, I make data-driven decisions. So I research, I analyze information, and then we make a decision based off that. So there it is, twice as likely. And I will answer, yes, veterans, it's interesting. The, the, the military community does not promote individual thought, ideas, entrepreneurship, having your own vision. And so what I think happened, right? What, what, what happened to me, at least, what I theorize happens to a lot of veterans, and they tell me this, is they have this ambition to go see the world 
and take things on, right? They're ambitious. They want to get out of their hometown. And then they join the military and that seed never leaves. And then when they get out, they've had this years of structure and discipline. And then they apply the structure and discipline with the vision. And that's what makes them successful entrepreneurs versus people that jump into entrepreneurship without that discipline. Because a lot of entrepreneurs have great ideas and maybe even great products and services. They're great at doing the thing. They lack the structure and discipline day in and day out to run a successful organization. And that's the difference between the person that has a hobby and, and truly has a sustainable, repeatable business. Yeah. And so Andy, talk about um, like, so you started uh, your business while you were, so were you were active and you've been a, a, a reservist now for some time. When did the business uh, get started? So I, I joined the reserves from day one. I deployed. Oh, to, okay, okay, yeah, got so it. Got it. Reserves from day one. Yep, and I joined uh, in 2004. I deployed to Iraq in, in 2006. Came home in seven, and I deployed to Gitmo in uh, 14 and most of 15. Mm. And what happened is in 2009, early 2009, I got laid off in 2008, like a lot of people, and I got to a place where I was basically unemployable. So I'm 24 year old combat vet, and my skill sets didn't line up with the civilian world. So I started driving around the Northwest side of Milwaukee, picking up appliances and other scrap on the side of the road. And that turned into my first business, which was a business card and a personal checking account that I did for a number of years on the side. When I got back from my last deployment, that's when I got serious. I got an LLC, Green Up Solutions. We started with environmental consulting, got mm -hmm. into junk removal. I had 10 junk removal franchises across the country within three wow. years. I got out of the franchise world because again, it was that structure um, that didn't fit my vision. And so I got away from that, sat through a two-year non-compete. And in March of uh, 22, I got back got back at it, um, started Camel Crew Junk Removal. And it's been uh, it's been a ride ever since. I, I love it. Junk removal is the industry that I love. Um, I grew up in the waste and recycling industry. And so I was able to take my knowledge and apply it with military culture and build a successful um, small business here in my community. Yeah. And tell me about the that industry for, for junk removal. Like, how does it work? Is it, is it profitable? How do you get business for it? I'm, just, I'm, I'm super curious. Yeah. Back in 2014, um, when I was really getting serious about it, the industry was about $5.5 billion. It's a sub-segment of the waste industry. Now mm -hmm. it's about a $10 billion industry. It's doubled in 10 years, essentially. And there's a, several contributing factors. Um, First off, we as a society buy more and keep it for less time. Let's think about it. Our grandparents and our parents have furniture since we grew up. People now are replacing their furniture every two to three years. So there's a higher demand. Landfills take less material. And there's less and less people that have trucks and trailers and the means to move material themselves. So the demand has gone up in junk removal. And really, it's 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 a piece of the, uh, the waste industry that the big players really don't dabble in. Uh -huh. They do curbside trash. They like yeah. receptacles that they can dump and tip. And so there's a big market for people that want to get into home services. It only requires a you know a strong back, uh, an ambitious attitude, and a pickup truck, right? There, people say, well, why is it so successful? Why do people so people get it? Well, the barrier to entry. If you yeah. want to clean gutters, you need a ladder. If you want to be a carpenter, you need a hammer and some knowledge. You want to do junk removal, you need a strong back. And so a lot of people get into this industry. And there's people that have got in because it's been good the last few years. The challenge is when the real estate market drops, junk removal drops. And yeah. so a lot of people that were, you know, easy come, easy go. Well, they came in easy and they might go out pretty easy too. It's uh -huh. those that build the sustainable businesses, the best practices, great marketing that will be here. Uh, you know, the, the test of time will, 
will uh, will not eliminate them. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Andy, your work today, particularly your book. Um, mm-hmm. So the subtitle for the book, um, Words Having Matter, retrain your brain to use language that serves you. Tell me about the book. 2014, right before I deployed to Gitmo, I had the honor and the opportunity to uh, attend mass resilience training um, from the U.S. Army. And then there I learned a simple model within the first hour. This is an 80-hour training. The first hour, they teach you a simple model. It's called ATC, activating event, your thought, and then your consequence. And that sat with me for the last 10 years. I went from this idea that things happened to me and, and that I had all these obligations and transformed this idea that happened that things happened near me and I can make it a choice whether it happened to me or for me. And when I look at my future, are there things that I get to do, an opportunity, or things that I have to do, an obligation? It's been 10 years. I've researched psychologists and sociologists. I, I, I researched and, and spent time with uh, Dr. Bill Crawford, who's written several books about the brain and the way our thoughts interact. I, I got with a, uh, an author, a ghostwriter, to work with me about 18 months ago, and I started writing a leadership book called Hustle, Struggle, Grind, The 13 Lessons of Life. And after eight weeks of outlining, she goes, you're, you're not a leader. You're not writing a leadership book. We're writing a book about words. That is your secret sauce. That is what separates you from everybody else. We know that thoughts are rooted in language. When you change the words and the language you use within your thoughts, you change your perception. When you change your perception, you change your actions. Your actions become habits. And, and what I've realized on this journey is, when I got disciplined about the language I use, I got more disciplined about my life. I'm more disciplined about my fasting. I'm more disciplined about going to the gym. I'm more disciplined about who I spend my time with because I'm disciplined about my words first. And that's something that's been extremely transformational. And it's been a 10-year journey in, in this one thought. And so uh, the book came out uh, in June of, of 2023. It's my opportunity to share myself and, and my vision of what I've learned with the world. Yeah. And and Andy, are you, uh, in a, so obviously you're speaking on that. Are you doing coaching and consulting as well? I've, I've done coaching and consulting a number of years where I, I what I love doing is getting uh, consulting opportunities with small groups, six to yeah. 20 people where we can talk about limiting self-beliefs. We can talk about those vulnerabilities we have that, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, now the word escapes me. Uh, 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 now I'm all over the place. Um, Oh, whatever. When when you when you uh, when you think you're not good enough, yeah. This uh, this imposter idea, syndrome. Thank you. Why I, I was <laughs> I was right. And thank you, imposter all syndrome. All good. All good. I'm so I'm like it's right I, there. I, I, I know the term well because thank I you. live it every day. <laughs> okay, so this is the beautiful thing. We hear about imposter syndrome. I hear other speakers talk about it, and oh, you got to get over it. You got to overcome it. Within the book, we teach you how to overcome it by the use of language. I have this wounded child inside of me that says, I'm not good enough. Before yeah. I get on every podcast, every stage, even when I'm at a networking event, I get up to do my 30-second pitch. I have this moment of, of nervousness, and it's my yeah. choice. It, do I have anxiety because I anticipate a negative outcome, or do I have excitement because I anticipate a positive outcome? That is a choice you can make in the moment. You're nervous because you care. How you show up is a choice, and the choice is rooted in the language you use. Even now, right now, I'm stumbling on the word, and 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 I'm willing and vulnerable enough to stay on that point and allow mm-hmm. someone to let me, you know, I let them in, be vulnerable. It's like, yeah, you're going to stumble in life. That, that's a reality. Yeah, that's human. <laughs> that's human, right? We talk about in the military, embrace the suck. Now, I've transitioned that to embrace the struggle. Every journey is worth the the, the 
every journey has a struggle and it's worth the work to put in. And that's what this work, this book is all about. Put in the work to yourself. This is not how to be the best communicator with your employees. It's not how to be the best leader within your organization. This is what are the words you're telling yourself to be successful at all the things that you do? It's a choice you make. What sort of impact might you imagine would take place, uh, you know, after you spend some time? Because obviously you've spent a lot of time with your own people and you've been yep. doing this a little bit now with other companies. Um, but what transformation do you expect? And, and, and Let me ask you, too, to kind of talk about how might someone know that this, what you're talking about, is, is an issue that's negatively impacting their culture and their organization the profitability, like impacting everything. And, um, you know, how does the transformation usually look once somebody hires with you and they start doing this work? What, what you see is there's language that is limiting and, and people within the organization stop using the language. I've done a few classes and, and consultants on, on this exact topic. I've also gotten feedback from people that read the book and they say, I didn't realize this limiting language I used. Once I eliminate that language, it opened up my eyes to what is possible. So we eliminate certain words like if. It's not if, it's when. Mm -hmm. We lead with positive outcome, positive intent. So when this happens, this is my plan of attack. Is there a, a chance that it doesn't happen? Yeah, there's a chance. When anticipates it happening, so now we predict it happened. And when something else changes or something else happens, then we can adjust. We eliminate other words like just. Just is a is a is a lazy crutch word, right? Mm. Just justifies. Hey, I just need a minute of your time. Well, it's only just this thing. No, mean what you say. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. If someone says, "Hey, I only need a minute of your time," only is singular. Okay, I will give you a minute of my time. I'll give you an idea. When you come back a third, fourth, fifth, tenth time, now we have to have another conversation, and it puts the onus on the speaker to effectively communicate what they truly need out of this world, and then the people around you will respond. It's about using our clear, creative, confident brain to respond to situations versus using our lower lizard brains that operates out of fear to react to situations. And that's when we freeze, we fight, or we fly away from situations that are deemed uncomfortable. How do we lean into the discomfort? That's what this book will teach you. And when you start using that language, you'll start hearing other people using limiting language. And it's an opportunity then to, to, Ask the question to truly understand what they need, want, and desire out of this world. Yeah. Uh, again, the book is words, the F word matter. <laughs> Retrain your brain to use language that serves you. Uh, it, it, and this just published, Andy. This is yeah, like June, just published. June, June 14th, flag day, army birthday. You know, we, we just, we had ourselves a big party. Yeah. And 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 as well, so I, I also want to encourage uh, to our friend that's listening, uh, who should be reaching out? Uh, because listen, the book's great. You know, maybe they get it for their team or whatever. Um, but who who should be reaching out and inviting, having a conversation with you about maybe working with their team? What what types of companies would be a good fit for you? Leaders that want their employees to use more confident creative language. That's what it comes down to. Most leaders within organizations read the book and a lot of it is like, yeah, this all makes sense to me. Once you start listening to what your employees are saying, what you're reading in emails, you'll start to pick apart. Well, hold on. This is limiting language. 
So this is an opportunity for leaders and leadership teams to come together, talk about their vulnerabilities and what language they can use so they can start taking uh, more control and, and regulate, really is the right word, so they can regulate themselves in real time to get the best outcomes. So it's those that want those workshops, those trainings, where we can have a conversation, very open, very honest. It's catered to the individual organization based on what their needs are. That's a beautiful thing. I've done keynote speaking for years. And I've never done the same keynote twice because not, and I've never had the same audience twice, not the same venue twice. And so because there's so many lessons within the book, we develop the best strategy for the audience and we do that in real time. Awesome. Andy Wines, your website is andywines.com. That's W-E-I-N-S. Uh, I also just want to throw a shout out out there too to your uh, uh, junk removal. So it's uh, camocrewjunkremoval.com, which you can see. And I know also, Andy, I just want to give you a shout out too, because I know you've done some good volunteer work and you know helped some great organizations. You and I both kind of serve the, you know, do we do some pro bono and some nice good stuff in the veteran yep. community. So I just want to say thank you so much for that do as well. So uh, Andy, uh, any final, uh, like if someone goes to Andy Wines, what, you, what you'd recommend that they do? Buy the book and challenge me on every idea you read that you don't agree with. Love it. Andy Wines, thank you so much for joining us. Again, speaker, soldier, entrepreneur, uh, author, and podcaster. Uh, and uh, it's been great, Andy, having you on the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.